Hey everybody, this is Jerry. Sean and I are new to the Earth 2 Podcast Network, and we'd like to thank the millions of network listeners who have given us a shot. We'd also like to invite our pals that followed us here to check out the rest of the Earth 2 Podcast Network. First up, there's New Worlds, a podcast dedicated to bringing you original genre fiction short stories. Then there's Comic Book Bears, which is a comic-centric podcast focusing mostly on the big two. And you must check out The Boob Tube. It's an international jet-setting podcast full of chats about TV. All of these shows can, of course, be found at earth2network.podbean.com. That's earth2.podbean.com. Lastly, there's The Mothership, the Earth 2 podcast hosted by Bob Gar. And that can be found at earth2.podbean.com. He'll be reviewing lots of small press titles and the occasional Big 2 title for kicks. If you haven't listened to any of these shows, I hope you check them out. Thanks. And one last bit of business before I forget. As I'm mixing this episode, it is Saturday night and it is Sean's birthday. I hope you'll all wish him a happy birthday on Twitter at GXPod. Hello again, and welcome to Episode 2 of the Great Expectations Podcast. I'm Jerry, and today, as in every episode, my co-host Sean and I will be discussing our favorite subject, the X-Men. Today, we bring you some less heralded X-Tales. X-Men Volume 2, Number 39, Birds of a Feather. X-Men Volume 2, Number 42 through 44, The Fall of Avalon. And New Mutants Special Edition Number One and Uncanny X-Men Annual Number Nine: The Asgardian Wars. Episode 2. Episode 2. Did you already do your geeky introduction? There really isn't one. We're just going right into it, man. Okay, I'm Sean. This is, I'm Jerry. This is episode 2 of Great Expectations. Oh. It's official. Yes. Um, (laughs) so I think in this one we're going to talk about, like, low-key stories that maybe, that were some of our favorites that maybe people haven't touched upon. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've got plenty of podcasts out there where people will absolutely dissect, like... The great X-Men crossovers, but we wanted to talk about kind of one-off stories or small issue stories. Yeah. And I guess I can't really call mine low-key because it's one of the greatest stories of all time. But, but it doesn't get the love that low-key. it should. It does. It has low-key in it. Could have a play on words there, buddy, but you missed it. Oh. Damn so it. Me, Let's so go back. Go back. You want me to go first? I want you to do whatever makes you happy, Sean. Because I got two. I've got a single issue and then like a, a three-parter. That I think were, and, and, and one's to, this is to try and help explain why my blood boils when people tell me that Cyclops sucks, and especially back then, when they're like, oh, new Cyclops is the cool Cyclops. You know, it's pretty awesome back then. You were just a rebellious teenager and you didn't like authority figures. Yeah. That's why nobody liked Leonardo. But my favorite turtle is Leonardo. Mm. 
Everybody else is like, oh, I want to be Michelangelo. But no, I'm like, he's a yeah, let's all be the Joker when shit hits the fan. But somebody's going to have to fucking lead you out of the wilderness, Savages. tough guys. So, um, first issue I wanted to talk about is X-Men number 39 from December 1994. Nice. Yeah. Um, it is a, like... Obviously, there's some subplots into it that tie into everything else that's going on in the X-Men, because that is the X-Men. There's thousands of soap opera subplots. But the main story is a one-off story about Cyclops and Alex Summers' grandfather, Philip Summers. It's written by Fabian Nassizier. I think I'm saying that right. And sure. art by Terry Dodson. Nice. Right? Young Terry Dodson. Because then when I got... Now, this looks a lot different from Terry Dodson of today, right? Right. Not not too bad, actually. I mean, not, not to say it's bad, but you wouldn't look at that if you were had just become a fan of Terry Dodson when he was doing those issues on Defenders or something like that. Yeah, no. You wouldn't look no. at that and say, oh, that's Terry Dodson. It's weird, though, when now that I've got, like, the age on... Because, like, when I was a kid, I wanted everyone to look like a cartoon. But now that I'm older, it's like I appreciate different styles in a different way. Like, I couldn't stand Steve Efting when I was a kid. But then, I, like, I when I was reading the camp stuff, like, I was looking through some of my boxes and found that he did the X-Factor for Age of Apocalypse and X-Factor mm-hmm. for a really long time, actually. And I was like, right. holy shit, didn't even put it together. And well, it's it, completely the, different. I mean, every... You... And, like, this is Dodson, and it's like, I love Dodson, but back then I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Because it wasn't Jim Lee or Joe Madriera or something like that at right. that time. And even in this, the the next story, the Cyclops-centric one I was going to talk about, one of the issues is done by Paul Smith. And, like, as a kid, I was probably like... Really? Fuck This me. is horrible. But he's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Anyways, so X-Men number 39 is, uh... It's this story about Cyclops' grandfather basically crashing, I think, in Alaska. I didn't pre-read the book for this, which is probably a problem. But um, I wanted to... Just talk about your love for it and we'll be cool. But the reason I wanted to talk about it was because it's like, we fall into this trap now where, like, certain characters from... Like, 90s gets whitewashed with this, like, broad stroke of, like, everything from that time period sucks. And it's like, I think that's a really easy way to just write off an entire decade of comics instead of, like, looking at it and going... Well, there was some really good stuff there. I just don't want to take the time to find it and carry on with it. Because, like, in Marjorie Lou's most recent Astonishing Run, um, like, Iceman's the villain in it because he's been infected by an apocalypse seed. And there's this... Like, I was following along with the story and I was digging it because I actually thought she was doing... She brought the book back to, like, more of a family feel and it was a little bit more soap opera which is what I grew up on. But out of the blue, like, Bobby Drake's dad's, like, all anti-mutant again and, like, pissed off at him. And it's like, there were years where Bobby Drake dealt with this, leading up to, like, Graydon Creed becoming the presidential candidate. And Bobby's dad got beat almost to death because Bobby and Gambit had infiltrated his presidential campaign. And they found out Sam Cannibal was in it, too. And so they took you know, Mr. Drake into the woods and beat the hell out of him. There's this whole big, long story arc about how finally, like, Bobby's dad turned around and then, like, just gone. And he's back to, like... And it just kind of bummed me out because that was a really big story for me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so... 
um, in this particular issue, Philip Summers, Cyclops' grandfather, crashes his plane, and this mutant who's just happening to be out there kind of finding himself or whatever, uh, stumbles upon him. And it's just a story about family, and clearly, because the mutant character that's introduced in it is Adam X, the extreme, <laughs> um, he's introduced to it, so it, uh, basically, just the two of them are talking about families, so on and so forth. It's obviously hinting at the fact that they were probably more than likely gearing up to have him be the third Summers, half Shi'ar, half human, like Corsair went up there, had a kid with somebody, and blah, 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 but that never panned out and it turned out to be okay. which is another thing we'll talk about so basically like I think what winds up happening is his uh Adam X keeps him alive in the wilderness long enough for rescue to come but he loses his eyesight because of the crash so he can never fly a plane again and so Adam X links up his mind through Gene to him and as he's like kind of fading out he uh, shows him flying around in a spaceship so Philip Summers gets to take one last flight through a place he never thought he'd get to see. How fucking sentimental is that? That's beautiful. It's awesome, right? And so that always bummed me. Like, because I, I noticed in, like, Fractions Run, Adam X pops up when they're living in San Francisco. And he's just, like, a nutcase who every other word is extreme. And it's like, yeah, I get it. And I get... I get the joke, and I understand why it's ridiculous, and probably in a book like X-Force he was used stupidly if I'd go back and check that out, and I'm sure it's awful, but this one particular issue stuck out with me, mostly just because of, like, time period that I read it or whatever, like, again, I romanticize that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it always bums me out when I see characters, like, get fucked because they're from a time period that creators now don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that Bendis hates Gambit, so he's never going to do And it just, it's kind of one of those things that sucks, because it's like, alright, you could probably, and maybe he couldn't do anything with it. Maybe that's why he thinks the character sucks, because he's not able to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. But it just always kind of bums me out when characters get like pushed off into limbo. Well, one good thing that, that he has going for him is Bendis is that uh, he has taken some guys who Absolutely. have traditionally been ignored. You know, fan favorites like Luke Cage. I mean, nobody done anything with Luke Cage in ages, and he really pushed him to the forefront. So Luke Cage fans are happy. You know, Absolutely. And, and if you happen to be a Gambit been. fan, you're hosed. But but um, I think I guess my thing is like I don't care if they don't like the character. That's fine. But like include him. Don't no no no. no. I'm fine with them even being gone because I know that everything's cyclical, so it'll come back. Right. But don't make the character into a caricature or a fucking dick. Like, yeah. Like cause with the, Xavier. Yeah. yeah. Like I, the, this the guy best, serves no purpose. The best I don't know thing what to Bendis do with him. Have done though is kill him. Like put him out of his misery because that yeah. whole time period. Holy shit! Where they just made him basic. I mean, ever Brubaker's run where they go into the whole other X-Men team yeah. nonsense, like, just kill him. Just we kill should him. spend some time on that one, we because that's that's something where I read it, and I was like, wow! Now, with a little time behind it, I don't know that I have the same feelings yeah. I had when I read it. 
So I, I, the story always stuck out for me because it's a, like, you would look at this and you'd be like, oh, 90s excess at its worst. Yeah. But it's, like, really this heartfelt story. And it's like, so the thing is there, you could turn anything into a great property if you put some care into the it. time. And that, I mean, there's, there's another thing that the 90s had going for them. You get a complete story in one issue. You don't see that very often anymore. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are opportunities to mix that in every once in a while. Absolutely. They just, with all the collections now, they don't, they don't do it. It's for trades, so they don't yeah. do it anymore. I mean, there's, there's plenty of room in there to do a five, five issue arc and a, and then f- tuck another one in there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know why I, they don't do more of that. I thought, I felt like, I felt like Fractions Defenders was doing that. Yeah. The, the thing with but that it was. a whole thing, but nobody bought it except for me and you. Yeah. We bought it. We bought it from the first issue. Just like Iron Fist. Yeah. Okay, one of us did. You still don't believe me, but I did. I, I believe you. Uh, that's my boy. Iron Fist is my boy. Claire Mountain Burn. I, I never read them. <laughs> they cost too much money. I couldn't get them. I, I still first, don't have them. I have a first appearance of Sabretooth, and I think the only issue that the X-Men crossed over into Iron Fist, I think I have that one too. Got them at an yeah. auction at the shop. Oh, yeah. Those are back-to-back issues. If I'm going to plug the store every Ooh. chance I get. You should plug the store every chance you get. Back to the past. At Back to Past on Twitter. Back the number two past. Back to the past collectibles in Redford. Beautiful scenic Redford. <laughs> you should come check them out. They're amazing. Uh, so, yeah. So that's you, my, my the first of my stories. Is I just think it's one of those things where maybe, um, you know, I mean, I gotta this is my own advice too because maybe when people start ripping apart stories, basically. Every comic book that's written is someone's favorite and or someone's first. So, yeah. like, there's no need to go around shitting on stuff. Somebody right now probably thinks that Sam Humphrey's Uncanny X-Force stuff is great. Somebody somewhere probably does. I'm not totally digging it right now. But maybe it's because I've never read the original New Mutants Demon Bear story, Jerry. That's possible. Maybe. I read it. But I, it, still it didn't help me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about... I gotta tell you, though. Demon Bear is probably my least favorite arc. It was oh. voted... Like, CBR just did this, like, 50 greatest sister titles to the X-Men book. Uh-huh. You know? Like, the... You know. And, like... Wait, I take it back. Okay, go ahead. And I think it came in number three. Like, number three or number two was, like, the greatest story. That's bullshit. Dark Angel Saga was number four. Which, wow. Dark Angel Saga, man. What a fucking instant classic. I, yeah, that's coming up. Alright, sorry about that. My daughter wanted to hear us swearing. I had to get rid of her. I'm not allowed within 50 feet. <laughs> no, I was talking about Uncanny X-Force. That was one of the, man, the end of that story. Yeah. He's, he's up, making buddy. tears. It was awesome. It was good. Live out his whole life. That was awesome. Uh, it's up to you, buddy. Okay. Well, um, yeah, like I said, while it features Loki, it is not Loki. Thanks for that pun, Sean. I am going to be talking about... we gotta get some. We like, got to get some sound effects, like warning DJs. And when you make a joke <laughs> like that, we can get the bumps. <laughs> okay, I, I can mix that in later. So, uh, mine is a two-part story. Two huge parts. 
first issue, I think, was somewhere in the ballpark of 48 to 52 pages, and the second one was right around the same. But this is the New Mutants Special Edition, number one. I think there only was one special edition, so they probably could have just called it a one-shot or something. Oh, 64 pages. There you go, right on the cover. Followed by, I think, either the same month. It must have been the same month, later in the month. Giant Size X-Men Annual number 9. December 1985. When Sean was two years old or something. I was four. Four years old. Wait, what? When was it? 85. Yeah. So I was... 11 at the time. It was awesome. You're going to die so soon. I am. I'm, I'm on my last legs here. But uh, for those who aren't familiar with this, I think it has been collected. I'm not... The Asgardian Wars. It's collected as the Asgardian Wars. Uh, and these two stories go together when they're a follow-up to the X-Men Alpha Flight two-part crossover entitled X-Men Alpha Flight. <laughs> Which was written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Paul Smith. Was it? Super awesome. Scott Summers, Madeline Pryor are on a plane. We got a theme going here. And the plane crashes. Somewhere in the Canadian wilderness. Those Summers can't fly planes. So, distress call goes out. I think the X-Men roll up in there looking for them. Alpha Flight shows up. Because it's in Canada. And Loki's there and offers to give them all these powers to make the world a better place. But the problem with it is that any magical beings on Earth will be destroyed as a result. Which includes at least two members of Alpha Flight. Snowbird and Shaman. And some people are like, well, it's worth the sacrifice. And then other guys think it's maybe not such a good idea. So, Snowbird and Shaman being together. <laughs> yeah, but they're too messed up to do anything about it. It's totally amazing. In the end, um, Loki gets busted for screwing with well, them. Well, you tell me why it end, how it ends, well, I guess I did the same I'm thing. not going to tell you how it ends. Other than he gets nailed. I won't give you any other details about it. But he's told... By bikini-clad seashell Namor? Yeah! He's told to uh, never bother the X-Men again. Seems fair because he did some pretty mean things to them. And you got to read it to find out what they were. But at some point, he decides to have a little revenge on them. And I, I should should have looked up when that came out. I think it was either earlier that year or the year before. But uh, he somehow becomes infatuated with Storm and her lovely beauty, and uh, he makes some comment about her dusky skin or something like. Despite her dusky skin. I was like, wow, Loki, you really just say whatever's on your mind. And this is your favorite story. That's right. I mean, so, so much. It, it's, it's not mine's untrue. About, mine's about family, and you're like, Loki being racist. Yeah, well, he thinks she's hot, and she is hot. And she's awesome, and he's drawn to her because she's the leader of the X-Men, despite, the, or, or was until recently the leader of the X-Men, despite not having any powers because of... Uh, Henry Guyrich's dick move shooting her with the neutralizer that Forge made. So, I oh, I wanted to mention in the last episode when I mentioned that 188 was my first issue. If I had been two months earlier, my first issue would have been Life Death. And I may never have read another X-Men comic. For those of you that don't know, that was the first issue after Storm loses her powers. 
she falls in love with Forge, but then finds out he's responsible for her losing her powers. And it is emo and hates as him. shit. It's emo as shit. Uh, and Barry Windsor Smith art, which for a 10 year old kid is all kinds of messed up. But reading it now, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and I just read the, uh, the essentials, uh, version, which is all black and white, without any of that crappy 80s coloring. And it's beautiful. I really enjoyed it now. But as a kid, I thought it was total garbage. Anyway, so, so he really likes her, decides he's gonna kidnap her, and, and in the meantime, he's gonna mess with the X-Men. But it turns out she's chilling, not chilling out with the X-Men. She's chilling out with the New Mutants in, on an island in Greece, hanging out. They're on the beach. All the girls are in bikinis. Art Adams is drawing it. This is some of his earliest Marvel work, and it is exquisite. It's beautiful. Some of the most detailed work you've ever seen in a Marvel comic up to that point. It was. You want to give Art Adams your address? I would love to, and I, I will this weekend when I see him. I can't wait. I love you, Art Adams. So uh, this is is written by Chris Claremont. Uh, this New Mutants issue was inked by Terry Austin, so it's beautiful. And uh, he so so he kidnaps Storm, kidnaps the New Mutants with the help of the Enchantress. Magic sees what's going on, and she tries to teleport them all away. But the Enchantress has some spell in her castle that won't let her teleport out. So she's trapped, and all the other New Mutants are flung through time and space by her stepping disc. And uh, at the time, um, the one thing we know is that Karma is still part of the team, and she has just recently escaped from the clutches of the Shadow King and weighs about six bills. <laughs> she is huge. Uh, and she lands in the middle of the desert all by herself, and she just lays down to die. And you were like... <laughs> I understand this. <laughs> yeah, I wait at least that much when I'm I was alone too, Karma. <laughs> I'm gonna read this and eat an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. So, yeah. so everybody gets thrown all over the Asgardian realm. Everybody's in a different situation. Magma becomes a fairy. Doug Ramsey becomes like a slave servant in some. I love the fact that you were making fun of me for liking '90s comics, but you're like. Karma gets super fat, lands in the desert. <laughs> this other one becomes a fairy. This guy becomes a slave. It's awesome. It's, it's best awesome. Story ever. It's totally awesome. Storm They're... in her dusky skin. Oh man, that dusky, dusky skin. I wish my wife had dusky skin. <laughs> Is it too late? Uh, you... Probably. I could find a Nubian princess that would love me. Oh my god, Jerry. You're going. Settle down. <laughs> it could be done. I'm just saying. So anyway, it's really awesome. But it ends with them... Oh, I don't want to spoil it. But it leads into X-Men Annual Number 9. Also drawn by Art Adams. Also written by Chris Claremont. But this time, the inking chores are split between... Adams, Mike Mignola, and a third inker, Bob Wyacek, I think? I don't remember who it was. But, uh... Man, it's, I dig the fact that you're just rattling off. Like, I'm surprised you're not giving out the letters. You want the letters? And there's a part of me that... Was, see, see that's was, a trick, because it, they had the same letterer all the way from giant size number one through, like, a million issues. And I'm not going to spell his name, or pronounce his name, because it's Polish. Oh, yeah? And I, 
I just can't tell whether or not you're like the coolest dude ever for giving everybody credit, or if this is some ploy where you're like, you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts over the last year, and I'm gonna give me some that's what they do. Work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just a dick who's like, we comment. I think they're all real people. They are real. That's people. why I don't like meeting creators because I'm like, yeah, it's cool to get my book signed, but you don't want to know too much. Yeah. So all the stories that have leaked out about Claremont and Byrne arguing and Jim Shooter saying kill Dark Phoenix because you can't let her live after everything she's done. You hate those stories? It's like walking in on my parents having sex. You just want to believe that it just, it really happened. Just, it was the only way it could happen. I there was never any discussion. buy a comic and I want to go home and I want to do whatever weird ritual I have, right? Do you want to talk about it? I one day we'll get into weird comic book reading. I mean, it's not anything like bizarre, but I'm I'm always interested in like how people do you read them your favorites first, all that crap. I'm yeah. not talking about like I strip down nude and like do a dance before I start reading the comic. You're not talking about it, but you do. <laughs> I man, I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like I don't. That's part of my problem with like Twitter is like it's fun to know that stuff's coming so I can pre-order books and whatnot. But like, but you don't want to know too much. Yeah, yeah. Let it be a surprise. Just tell me what title and who's writing it and drawing it, and I'll make a determination. Yeah, I don't want those people. Stay behind the curtain. Yeah. Although lately, because when we have our first guest on, I don't want to talk about the books that they work on. Oh no, we will not be talking about their books. I, I, They're famous enough; people know who they are. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, X-Men Annual number 9. This time they do bring the X-Men in. So you got the full cast of the New Mutants, full cast of the X-Men at the time. So this was when the New Mutants were at their biggest. They had Everybody was there. There wasn't anybody missing. Nobody had left to go fight in Vietnam Except or karma. whatever. Sitting in the desert. Well, she found her way out. And so, oh, I should mention, a lot of really important things happened in that issue. That's when... Um, Danny becomes a Valkyrie. She gets her Pegasus horse, uh, Bright Star, Moonstone, or whatever its name is. I don't remember. I probably should. Karma gets unfat. Um, Storm gets powers for a little that bit. That happened now. The internet would fucking explode. <laughs> Seriously. If you had Karma be like a couple hundred pounds, right? Alright? Like we're talking pushing four and five because I flipped through the issue the other day. Alright? And you slimmed her down. Holy shit. Well, she wasn't... The I mean, vocal fucking outcry of people being like, why can't she just be Karma in a fat suit? Not really a fat suit, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, dude, they'd get so much shit. Everybody freaks out about so. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they made her a lesbian and nobody lost no, their shit. No, but think about it, okay? Think when, when the new 52... People applauded. When the new 52 debuted, and there was a bigger chick who was turned into some sex pot in one of the books. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Oh, Starfire? No. Was it her? No. No, no, no. Because she was like a kid that they turned into a sex pot. But this was like... Oh. I think she was like... Well, she was always a sex pot. She was like... I don't know. She like worked for the cops or something. I don't fucking know anything about DC. Yeah, why are okay. we even talking about But it was like a, a, a bigger lady in the normal DC universe. But when they, when they were launched, it was like, oh, she's sexy. Mm-hmm. And everybody lost their shit. Says the guy who likes '90s comics, where everybody is bigger than the Hulk. Well, listen, <laughs> because when I was a fucking kid and I saw that shit, I was like, "Well, like, of course they're superheroes, right? Exactly." Yeah. And that's one and thing it's supposed to give you. I don't know. Like I look at it and I'm like, "Well, 
I should probably keep this one to myself. <laughs> Come on, I'll let you. I'll let you let this one out. Go ahead. I just think that they're like reading comics. It wasn't like I was like, oh my god, I'll never be able to appeal to this fucking body type. I'll never be able to get there. It was like, oh man, I better ride my bike and not eat a hundred fucking Twinkies because it'd be pretty fucking cool to look like that and not like karma after Loki cast her out. Yeah. Well, I mean... So I just think now, I, I honestly think now, if that issue were to be out this week, you'd see a fucking outcry where they'd be like, Marvel hates fat people. Because they made a mum fat, which is everybody's secret dream. And my not secret dream, I would love to be not fat. You're like, you look at Wally and you're like, oh my god, that's heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I wanted to point out about... Like if you got... This, if, if something happened to the kids, right? I'm about to go real dark, Jerry. Are you okay? Oh, God. If something what, happened to the wife and kids, right? All right? Uh-huh. I'm on the market again. What do you do? Are you like, fuck yes, I get a second chance? Or are you like, I'm so fucking depressed, I'm just going to eat and become fat, and this is going to become my life? I've got all these comics from the 90s I still haven't read yet. Right? I'm just going to sit in the basement and read them. Yeah. Turn off my phone. Stop answering texts. That's gonna make her feel good, though, right? Because you're like, baby, I'm not gonna go meet some, what was it, dusky goddess? <laughs> after you're gone, I'm just gonna become a fucking mess. I'm gonna read a lot of comics. That's how much I love you. That's and right. kiss the kids on the forehead. That's right. Cut the brake lines. You can have that dream, Jerry. <laughs> no. No. Alright, anyways. Not recently. <laughs> go back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the way Adams draws all these characters, you were wearing a t-shirt one day where you had, no, 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 I saw it, there's a t-shirt in, uh, in the Diamond Catalog yeah, this month yeah. that's got uh, a picture of the X-Men team from the night, from the 80s, you know, and, and, uh, they're all varying heights and builds. There's a variety to their, to their appearance, their, their physical appearance, you know, they're not all the same height, same build. That's Art Adams. That was an Art Adams image, and it was from this book. And that's that's what got me thinking about it again. I've I've told people in the past when in the past when they've asked about like what's your desert island book? If you were stuck on a desert island, what's the one book you would take with you? For me, it's New Mutants special number one, hands down. But the way he draws these characters, Cyclops, he's slim, like he that's right. that's his build. But and Colossus is like three feet taller than everybody, like he should be. You know, he's almost seven feet tall, and uh, and he's a little shrimpy Wolverine. You know, not too muscly, but he's he's built like a woodsman. You know, and hairy, (laughs) which is the way he's supposed to be. He's he's awesome. You know, kind of bent over and didn't say that. And like whether or not now why 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 would you say that why I just want to know now maybe I'm just drawn to hairy superheroes are you super hairy Jerry you can't tell you can't tell from four feet away I've never fucking seen you with your shirt off I don't know if you have some hugely (laughs) (laughs) now you have oh that's awesome yeah so so when they started Hugh Jackman and Wolverine up you were like no he's he's fuzzy he's got enough. He's too tall. He's too tall, but he. Right, fair, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't picture ask. anybody doing a better job than Hugh Jackman did. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I have no problem with him in the movie. I'm just saying in the comics, like when they started. Oh, making him bigger and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
I think people just yeah. You think that was a directive? Make him more like Hugh Jackman, or do you? Think- no, I think it was happening for years where he was getting a little away from the runt thing during the '90s popularity thing. But I think for sure in the 2000s it kicked in. Absolutely. Um, I just wish his power would go back. You know, go back down to more reasonable level. Look yeah. at that. Look at that big girl. I know. Jeez. Look at that. Yeah. I just, oh, yeah. seriously, is that Colossus holding up Karma's pants? <laughs> no, that's actually Warlock. There there are some really great comedic moments in this. Okay. Warlock is dis- is disguised as Colossus. He's taken human form a few times in this book, including once as Longshot, nice. which was hilarious. But, uh, there's a- so I, I just think that maybe we've gotten, you know, I, I just missed Wolverine, like... If he got shot with a hundred bullets, like, it took him a while to get back into it. It wasn't suddenly like he'd just be like, oh, I got nuked and... Wait, is Longshot not in that image? He's not, because he's not a member of the X-Men yet at this point. Oh, yeah, that's right. Longshot, at this point, had only been in his own miniseries. Crap, I am convinced that I bought that. I pre-ordered that shirt based on thinking that it had Longshot in it. You know, it's... It's funny, because I always thought that I bought Longshot after I had really started reading comics, and I thought I bought a new off the rack, but that predated this. It was like 83 or something. No, it was 86. When it came, are you sure? I think so, yeah. This was the first trade I ever bought. Copyright 1985. So, okay. 85, 86, and 89. So. I bought the first issue, and then I, I missed almost the rest of it. I think I got the last issue... And maybe issue three or something like that. And I've still never been able to put the rest of that together. Because I've only either found the entire run or issue one. You know, I can't I can't ever find the ones I'm missing. So you found the entire run and just wouldn't splurge for it? What is it, like yeah. six bucks? It's not my favorite. Art Adams is my favorite, but Longshot... And I love Longshot, but that's I don't think that story is a very good read. Dude, when you match that up with the way people eat up reality television and Miley Cyrus fucking twerking, oh yeah, they nailed it on the head back then. Yeah, they were. It's definitely ahead of its time, but I, I don't know, man. I should probably give it another chance, but right. I, the last time I tried to make it through this, I, I did not love it. Jerry's going to meet Art Adams, and I asked him to take my first long shot trade with him to try to get Art Adams to sign it. Don't even want to sketch, and Jerry's like. I'll give it a shot. So this is how we're going to test out how good friends we are. If it comes back <laughs> empty, yeah. there's going to be a great schism in this podcast. Oh, man, I'm bummed out. His table is all the way across to the convention center from our table. He knew. He's, he's Somebody he, Somebody warned him. He and Bernie Wrightson are right as you come in the door. They're, there's two big tables. I like how right. you think that you're such fucking hot shit that you should be seated right next to Art Adams. Well, guy's I thought been, he'd be back. Guy's been working his ass off since 1985. Not just me. Johnny everyone else. Lately, who just shows up with fucking paper dolls and suddenly you think you got Art Adams power. The two of them are in the front and everyone else is in the back. As it should be. Everyone else. Well, I would, this is one guy I wouldn't argue against. They're trying to, they're showing what they got. They're showing them their respect. Right? I appreciate it. I'm just sad when that I'll be so far away. When I worked at a country club and we did Sunday brunches, I always got the first section because I'm pretty. I see the most faces. Right. Right? Put the ugly kids in the back. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point. <laughs> Stegman is all the way in the back. Yeah. So that makes sense. You can't, no, you can't call him out like your buddies. 
I'm not calling him like he's my buddy. He's my <laughs> mortal enemy. <laughs> what did he do to you? He's he. They put him right next to the shitter. I'm pretty happy about that. Every time I have to poop, I'm going to let one out on my way in. And I'll probably save one for the way out. It's going to be great. This went to an awesome place. Yeah. So, um, where were we? Yeah, so so read these issues. I'm, I'd be amazed if there were any X-Men fans out there that haven't found these somewhere and read them. I own them all. I have not read them. You should read them. You will enjoy them. Fair enough. That's all I got. I'll give it a shot. That's all you got? Let's hear about Let's hear about yours. Well, we already did one of them. Yeah. So you want to know about the, the other second one? one, or are we allowed to go off? Because I really think that, seriously, I, I, I think you should put it to a test. I don't think that karma thing would be able to happen now. Well, There'd be we... a whole... I don't know. One of these days, you got to allow me to live-tweet our podcast if I could get internet down here, and then we could ask the people. All right, I'll live-tweet it right now. What do you want? Well, you have more followers than I do. That's because they're jerks who just want free codes. <laughs> Alright, so let's hear it. Your next three, uh, it was, was it a three parter? Yeah, it was a three parter. Oh, it had it's a post age it's the first X Men issues post Age of Apocalypse and they had found they found Holocaust or something. They don't call him Holocaust anymore because whoa sensitivity, so he's called like Nemesis now or something like that. But they found Holocaust and he was in a chunk of the M Crime Crystal or whatever and they're up on Avalon, and Colossus is still a member of the Acolytes at that point. And somehow Cyclops gets Cyclops gets transported up there. Of course, I read the last issue because I put everything backwards. Anyways, basically, Holocaust pops out of his little whatever he's trapped in, sees Exodus, who in his timeline was a member of the X-Men, so he goes after him. Exodus takes issue with this because... He's an acolyte of Magneto, so how dare you accuse him of fucking being part of the X-Men. So they start fighting, which blows Avalon to shit, so it starts falling to Earth, right? Cyclops winds up with all the acolytes in the desert in Australia, okay? And the reason why he's a badass is because there's no fighting. It's not like he suddenly drops down. In this moment, he is mortal enemies with these guys. He is... Jerry McDade, and they are Ryan Segman, right? There's this happening right now. And that fucking guy leads them out of the desert. They get thirsty, and so he optic blasts the shit out of the desert, punches a hole into it, water comes sprouting up. Alright? All the accolades are like, holy shit. So there, in this moment, right? In this fucking brilliant moment, they show so simply that Cyclops is Xavier's dream. Wow. All the bullshit that's gone on, the Acolytes have fucking killed people. Recently. Sinyanka killed a nurse, a bunch of people in a hospital during an executioner song. All of this shit's gone because Cyclops is like, hey, you're mutants. We're stuck in this together. Let's coexist. Let's get through this. And he tracks them all the way back to the outback hideout where the X-Men stayed. And then they send a signal and they get picked up. But he wow. leads them through the fucking desert. Like Moses. Yeah. That's deep. It is. It's awesome. Did he part the Red Sea? No, but he blew a fucking hole in the desert and let them all drink. I would do that for you, Sean. Yeah? Yeah. I'd lead you through my desert. 
Oh. To my watering hole. Oh my god. <laughs> Why not? That was- <laughs> Why does everything immediately go there? Uh, what just happened? I just uh, stumbled across another photo from uh, the last time when we found the the Namor swimsuit. There's another one with the Punisher. People aren't supposed to know that we're there's we're supposed to create the illusion that there's been some type of stretch between this. Well, I left the tab open. <laughs> I for a week. Quit making. Comments about the last podcast, unless we talk about it as though it's been a really long time. Which it well, has you know, been. people are going to hear one and they're going to want the other one right away. True. Who wouldn't? I want it right away. So I always thought every time that somebody brings up like, "Oh, Cyclops is a character sucks," it always makes me think of that story because I'm like, really no. Like at the end of the day, the X Men is going to be told from his perspective. It's his story. I suppose that's true. I mean, it's not Xavier's story anymore now that he killed him. But I don't think it ever was. I think it was him bringing the original five together, and Cyclops was the one that followed it closest. Tried Hmm. the hardest to live up to that dream until recently. Which is why I get bummed out. Like, I mean, I like Cyclops now. I get it, and I understand, and it's gross, and it's interesting. But at the same time, it's like... I just think some of the leaps are weird. Because, like, in AV, after AVX, when everybody's like, oh, he's got to go down for the crimes he committed, he killed Charles Xavier. It's like, they, Avengers come down and say that as Scarlet Witch is standing next to him. I had an argument with somebody once, and they were trying to tell me that, like, Scarlet Witch didn't kill anybody. And she said, no more mutants. And it's like, no, man, there was a whole race called the Neo that were underwater mutants that all fucking died because they couldn't breathe underwater anymore. <laughs> Granted, they were crappy villains. That needed to go anyways, but it was just one of those things where it's like, man, she wiped out a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh man, it's cool. It's alright. But that Cyclops, man. If Jim Shooter had been there, it would have gone differently. They would have sacrificed themselves with a laser on the blue area of the moon. And it would have been beautiful. It would have been. There would have been a wonderful cover the next issue that said, win a shopping spree at Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that I, unless you have something you want me to rant against. You feeling good? Yeah. I feel like I could have gone off on that karma thing for quite some time. I, I really, I honestly think that, that, that if that happened now, people would lose their fucking minds. Alright, well, you know what? I'm going to tweet that. And we'll see if anybody even responds. You think, I'll, I'll you think re- we should have a I'll Twitter account for this stupid podcast? I don't know if we're there yet. I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun here. I mean, we could be shooting ourselves in the foot, but I think it's a little presumptuous to suddenly create a fucking Twitter handle, and unless, of course, some asshole like at Wasgo fucking how do you say it, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> You know that the second this airs, if we don't have a Twitter handle for it, that fucking guy's gonna do it. Or the <sighs> Baron will do it. Is there one? No, I haven't looked. You better register that shit yeah. pretty quickly. I will be on that. Because the Baron will be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> so let's see. 30 years ago, Karma of the New Mutants was fat. And then they defatted her. Would this upset people today? It just seems stupid to me that they would do that. That sounds like the lamest tweet ever. 
It is lame. We're dealing with 140 characters here. Yeah, this this is what we're doing. We're what issue was it? I don't understand what your what your problem with it is, or what you think other people's problem would be. That she can't be fat. I mean, she wasn't just fat. She is fat. Okay. Nobody would want. People should be thanking Chris Claremont for making her skinnier. You seriously think that? You think that nowadays, when people lose their fucking minds over everything in comics, everything, okay? Yeah. That if she was fat, and then... She was made to be fat. But within that issue... She wasn't just fat. Somebody possessed her. And she became obese. I get it. I looked at it. I mean, that's a... That's a big girl. She was was wearing a moo, Sean. Listen. No offense to people wearing moos. I'm telling you. Yeah, because if Jerry's kids and wife go, he's going to be wearing a move. He's going to be down there. He's going to be like, Sean, when can we record? Because now it would be like, why the fuck can't she be happy with how she is and accept what she's become? That's what it would fucking be. That I, hmm. I'm probably going to be wrong, and I'm going to get a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. What is it? New Mutants special number one? I think people are going to throw you under the bus. Or thinking that people would think that way. Fuck that. All it takes <laughs> is one idiotic blog that people follow to be like, it is unacceptable that there is body shaming going on in, what is it, New Mutant Special Edition number one? Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, she should just accept who she is. That's what would happen, Jerry. Well, part of the whole thing Put is, it to the fucking test. Part of the whole thing was that she was suicidal at the point of their abduction, she was thinking about killing herself because she was so fat. Okay. So... And then she was abducted, left in the middle of the desert, and decided that the best way to handle it was to just lie down and die. <laughs> here's a here's a John Romita Jr. one. <laughs> Look at this shit. I can come over there. We gotta fix this. Quit looking at the fucking... There's nothing on the screen, oh, Jerry. No. <laughs> Tony Stark and Nick Fury hanging out with some hairy chests. That's awesome. Yeah, they're hairy chested. Okay, so in New Mutants Special Edition number one, Karma is made fat, right? She was already fat at that point. New Mutants Special Edition number one, Karma is really fat. Suicidal over being fat. Morbidly obese. That's Suicidal. a lot of characters. They had her slim down by walking in the desert. This is good pod. wonder what the tigers are doing. Fucking shut up. They had her slim down by walking. And they, Jerry, you're so, quit looking at your fucking phone while I'm doing this. You are supposed to be carrying this right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Talk about the end. So, Grant Morrison's X-Men run. Oh my god, shut didn't up. go down as the Stay best run They had her slim down by walking in the okay. desert. You can't talk while I'm talking, Sean. You keep it to yourself. Inner monologue. Come on. Should it? Would it be considered body shaming? Trigger word! <laughs> um, should she accept how she is now and be content? Is that right? I don't this care. this today, would it be considered body shaming? Should she accept who she is now and that issue? I should have paused this. This is an argument between Jerry and I. How many... This is not 160 characters. This is a seven-parter. This is a three-parter. I'm going to edit all this out. Why? Let me know when you're done, and then we'll... I'm done. If if it worked, if it's sent in your fucking shithole of a basement. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't see you offering up the Marvel room for this. I would totally do it there, but you said we had to have internet. We don't have to, I guess. Well, then we can do this every time at my house. We'd get some fucking good shit going on there. Yeah. I could partake in substances <laughs> pre-recording. <laughs> All right, so... of course. So, uh, now we, now we just have to sit here and wait. No, we can't wait. Because <laughs> I don't get a signal. So. We need answers. You've got internet. Did they pop up, Gary? Oh. Yeah, why don't I check? Okay, so I got one. She was that way because the Shadow King possessed her and made her that way. Blob was never made to feel ashamed. <laughs> That's true. Blob was that wrong. is true. That was a response? Yes. From Nathan Waddell. At mm. Nathan Waddell. Smart guy. So that's one for you, Jerry. Well, that's a guy, though. He's not sensitive. Right. He doesn't know what he's talking about, because he's never been a woman. Unless you have, and then I'm sorry. I don't want that to come off the wrong way. And I'm really going to close this I like how I, in the first episode that we didn't air, came off like the biggest fucking dick. Yeah. And in this one, I don't know. You're the hero. This is how our relationship really is, though. You play the victim on Twitter, but really. Yeah. You're a monster. Fuck all you guys. You can take <laughs> your Twitters and shove them up your asses. I don't like any of you people. That's not true. I'm just using you all to get closer to Art Adams. <laughs> this is my ticket. Right here. This podcast. <laughs> this is going to bring you fame this, and fortune. This is never even going to make it on the internet, people. People... Meaning you and me, Sean. Are we good here? Um, I got a response from at Andrea Shackling, who oh. also has a podcast called Comics Therapy. Okay. Um, and she said, is it on MU? My comics are packed, and I want to read it again before having an opinion, maybe. Which means Marvel Unlimited. Oh, Nathan Waddell responded with, <laughs> I thought it was your side. So he clearly wanted to side with me, Jerry. People have chosen their side in this, the great Jerry. So he thought I would be the person who was a total jerk. So he picked the other side, and then it turned out that he agreed with me the whole time. Because he is smart. And probably handsome, like me. Okay, I want to stop this. This is horrible. We need more hosts to keep this going. You just needed to do your fucking job while I was tweeting, and you I failed at it spectacularly. I don't have anything to say. I don't... I don't know why we're doing this. So, no, no, no. Now we should discuss. So, I guess the general goal for this thing is, like, should we occasionally have, uh... Do you think... That guest host. Yeah, but no, not guest host. But, I mean, do you think we should have people on it to talk about their favorite runs? I absolutely do. Okay. I think that's the best way to go. Here's the, the one problem. What? Is that everyone is going to say Age of Apocalypse. So, well, we're going to have to force yeah, them but, out I mean, of that. If it if it's already been done, like, we might as well... I mean, you might get a... Different. I mean, if somebody really has some fucking killer perspective on it, that's why you immediately go to that. And you're shit-talking, well, that's knowing just, that the person that we have ready... It's only because I've talked to three people about doing it, and they've all said Age of Apocalypse. Who do you talk about to it? I don't want to say. Shut I want it to be a surprise. tell me? I've told you. This is... Jerry now, he's like, he's like, oh, I got Sean. It's probably fucking Stan Lee and Bendis. And he's like, I can't tell Sean about it. <laughs> What happens between them and me stays between them and me. I guess. Let's just let it be a surprise, and if people are interested, they'll tune in again next time. And if they're not, then they can eat shit. You went 
so dark on this. You know that Doug Zawisa might watch this with his children, and he's gonna have to cover their ears because of you. Uh, he's a fool if he does. Don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. Think of the children, Jerry. Think of your children. You're telling me that he knows you, and he would think that his kids could listen to this. I, me, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I've been real shown all the time around Doug. But I'm sure that there's probably people that I put on meeting the in-laws Sean in front of. Yeah. All of I don't immediately go to like, oh, Storm's dusky skin. <laughs> Come on, I feel like the internet and I know each other well enough that I can say dusky. I don't know, man. I mean, Chris Claremont said it, and I'm just quoting him. Fair enough. So that's that. I think from now on we'll just have people on to talk about the favorite runs. It doesn't have to be strictly X-Men. I mean, it could be a New Mutant. It could be an X-Factor thing. Who? who? It could be an X-Man title. Yeah. X-Man. It could be Fallen Angels. <sighs> is it fucking dark out? It is. You're going to die. I hope you have reflectors. I didn't bring my lights for my bike. Uh-oh. I don't fucking care. I'm tough. Yeah. I've been hit by a car three times. Three times. Three times. <laughs> Alright, that's it for another episode. We are done. And I'm going to delete the last 20 minutes of this. Why not the last 20 minutes? Just chop it up. (laughs) This is what it'll sound like. That's fine. Goodbye.
I love you, Storm. Get fucked. <laughs>